world, it's the ladies of Nerditude again. My name is Jill. And I'm Francine. And this week we're going to talk about the technology of Star Wars to celebrate that Rogue One is coming out. Yay! Heck yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I've been a Star Wars nerd since I was like nine, I think. So, mm. 20 years into this. <laughs> uh but I was a little rusty, so we had to do a little bit of research. And Francine, what's your experience with Star Wars? I would call myself a Star Wars Padawan, if you will. Um, nice. <laughs> really nice. I've seen the movies, original trilogy and the prequels and episode seven. Okay. But I would not venture to call myself a Star Wars fan. I don't feel educated enough. Gasp. Um, I know. I know. So, like, I am definitely the beginner here. I'm the novice when it comes to specifically, like, the science of Star Wars. I learned a lot. Okay. In prepping for this episode, which is cool. I feel like it makes me a better nerd. But nerd cred. Yeah, it, it upped my nerd cred a little, but there was a lot of stuff I had to go back and be like, wait, who was that in the movie? Wait, when did that happen? So there, for me, it was a lot of like, oh, I totally missed that. Um, but it, it's definitely cool. So we're calling this number two in our yes. fictional science. Yes. So right? continuing the fictional science, we were like, oh, my God, Star Wars. <laughs> so much shown episode. So much technology. <laughs> and so we kind of picked more of the major things to talk about because let's face it, there is so much effing technology yes. in Star Wars that we had to be kind of picky. So... I think we should save the the good stuff for for the okay for the end. So okay. let's kind of start out with the smaller things. We'll start out small. Sounds good. Um. So one of the ones that I picked was prosthetics. Cool. Okay. Um, Definitely a part of the Star Wars verse. Yeah, because I don't know if you've you know since you haven't watched it over and over, but um, as much as I have, uh, which is a problem. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's no, no, it's a problem <laughs> for me because it like owns my life a lot of the time. Uh, there's a running theme of people losing limbs mm-hmm. in the movies. Yes. <laughs> Specifically hands and arms, it seems like. Yeah. So um, in both Revenge of the Sith and Empire Strikes Back, we get to see how the galaxy far, far away deals with dismemberment. <laughs> uh, so uh, basically there's this stuff called Bacta, mm-hmm. which is like a medical substance, kind of like, uh, what's that stuff in the yellow tube? That you put on like cuts and burns. Oh, like bisatrisin and like yeah, neosporin. stuff like that. But like, uh, yeah, neosporin. That's what I was looking for on speed. Like yeah. it's it's really good stuff, but it doesn't heal or grow back things that have been completely severed off. Mm-hmm. So they do a lot of prosthetics and Anakin Skywalker when he has his falling into the lava, getting your legs cut off bummer time (laughs) it's a rough day he has to be put into the suit but prior to that when he loses his right arm he gets a prosthetic hand Mm. but uh i don't know if you remember this it's all robotic and it doesn't have skin on it yes i do remember that okay so i like that because it shows you the progress of the technology within the star wars universe because Mm -hmm. when luke gets his hand cut off they give him a new hand, but it has skin on it. It, like, looks like a hand. Yes, exactly. It looks like a real hand. Um, so I think that's cool because real scientists have taken a lot of inspiration from that, and now they have created a synthetic skin to put mm-hmm. over prosthetics that makes it look more real, and they are currently learning how to make it um, controllable. Yeah. 
Like so. how to interface your brain with the robotics. Yeah. So thanks, Star Wars. <laughs> for losing so many limbs yeah Mm. and i thought i mean when it comes to like medicine and uh specifically bacta in the star wars universe i liked the way that it's described as like very similar to amniotic fluid you know when you get like submerged into it it gives you this like serene floaty feeling yes like it's it's, and I didn't think about this until you brought it up. Yeah, either. I, I maybe as a newcomer, like yes, I have to fresh relate, eyes. I know I have to relate a lot of the things that I'm learning about in the Star Wars universe to like other things that I know. Mm-hmm. So I, I was like, wow, that's really interesting. It also like reminded me a little bit of stem cells in terms of like we can use this to help you heal and like help you regenerate like mm-hmm. connections between parts. I thought that was really interesting. Obviously, it's not exactly like stem cells because you can't use it to regrow things that are missing, which is kind of the direction that stem cell research is taking now. Mm-hmm. But um, I thought that was really interesting that like you have this medium that can assist yes, in like super speed healing. Mm-hmm. And so I, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I also learned that there are cybernetic implants Yes. That contain that same thing that they gave to like the people in the, cl- some of the clones in the Clone Wars to help them yes. like super heal really fast. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that seems like a good idea. But also, and I'm not sure the reason, maybe you can share the reason. Hmm. Why don't every, why doesn't everyone have that? Is it like bad like, to have it? Everyone in general or like all of the clones? All the clones or everyone in general. I imagine it's a clone specific thing. I don't know the mm-hmm. answer to that. I would have to go watch Clone Wars again, or Attack of the Clones. Well, <laughs> maybe Clone Wars. But I would think... So I'm a little fuzzy on Stormtrooper and clone stuff because mm. I haven't really gotten... I've read Expanded Universe books, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen all the movies, but... I haven't watched the cartoons and things like that, which can actually go deeper into that stuff. So Uh. I'm going to guess they probably cover that in Clone Wars. But from what I've noticed in the movies is like, obviously they start out being clones of, um, shit, what's Boba's dad's name? Um, I have no idea. (laughs) Anyway, the the guy they cloned him from, um, they start out, they're all clones. They're all very like brainwashed and things like that. And then you, go down the line to Force Awakens when you meet um, Finn, mm-hmm. who is able to break free of that mind control, and obviously he is not a clone. Right. Um, so I'm wondering if maybe somewhere along the line they were like, oh, this isn't a good idea, mm-hmm. or something like that. I don't know. I don't yeah. have an answer for that. No. I would imagine it was expensive. That was my, like, mind <laughs> maybe. reason. Like, in my own head, I was like, man, that sounds... Hard to do and really expensive. So maybe you mm. wouldn't invest in your clones, like all of your clones. Or maybe they thought they could just grow more. Yeah. True. Why heal the ones you got when you've got more on the way? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the nature of the clone, right? Yeah. <laughs> that they're expendable and like mass producible. Something like that, I would guess. That'd be my that'd be my venture into That's that. Interesting. But yeah, um anything else on that? That's kind of all that I had. I like the idea of like being able to put on a bandage that like automatically yes. heals your wound. It's yes. like, oh, I need that because I'm a giant klutz. So <laughs> it's kind of like, hear that. that's awesome. Yeah. I don't know. And from that 
perspective, I liked it. And also the idea of like getting a prosthetic that is super useful and Mm -hmm. like really works. And uh, that's really interesting to me because they do seem to live a rough life. They sure do. (laughs) Yeah. Especially if you're one of the Skywalkers. It's just not going to go well. Yeah. It's a rough family life. Um, So Um, that would be useful. Speaking of the Skywalkers, I wanted to touch very briefly, and I do mean very briefly, on moisture evaporators. Yes. Um, so on dry planets like Tatooine and probably Jakku, but we didn't really see anybody mm-hmm. there doing that, moisture farmers use these machines to literally pull water from the air so that people don't die of dehydration because there's not really a whole lot of water on the planet. Helpful. Um, we don't know a lot about these other than Luke's Uncle Owen and Aunt Baru do this for a living, and they run on binary language, which is why they purchased C-3PO and R2-D2, mm-hmm. is to help run the machines. So this is actually a technology that's been in effect since, like, the Incas. Yeah. Um, obviously not with, like, droids <laughs> Not with <and> droids. Stuff, <laughs> but, like, Unless people Unless who... you believe Indiana Jones 4, <sighs> then there might have been some droids. That's another time. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. Uh <laughs> But ancient people and desert dwellers have gotten creative with how to find water for a long time. Yeah. So I just thought it was interesting that they always, we were talking about earlier, how they always make it sound like, oh, it's going to be such a chore to <laughs> harvest this water. And it's like, don't you just like go empty out the tank and like <laughs> drink it? I don't uh, Maybe, <laughs> maybe it has to be like, we don't know, right? So maybe it has to be processed and like filtered and sure maybe like there's gritty. a whole process that goes into it that we just, they're like, this is boring. We're not going to waste movie time on this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's why I was like briefly touch on this because it's kind of a boring technology, but I. Hey, they wouldn't be alive if it wasn't for that technology. So. Having grown up in a desert. Important. Completely understand yes, the importance of Important, it. but kind of boring. Not worth the screen time. Totally see why he wanted to peace out. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like kind of a rough existence. Okay. So now that we've talked about the kind <laughs> of like meh stuff. Yeah. N- not as exciting um, stuff. How about ion cannons? Okay. So I have, I did a little bit of research mm-hmm. into like ion technology. Yes. And I have some questions. Oh. <laughs> I do not have – let me just preface and say I don't have a degree in physics. Me either. I studied English. <laughs> so, yes, please ask me your science questions. For the record, <laughs> I have several degrees in anthropology. Mm-hmm. So I am not <laughs> physics-minded either. Um, but I like physics. Physics always interests me. So I – all right. I'm self-taught a little bit in physics, but guys, don't ask me physics questions. So I'm going to try to keep my questions, like, general. You could, like, dumb it down. For yeah. yeah. No, I'm going to try to keep them very general. <laughs> so from what I understand, like, ion cannons and ion blasters, mm-hmm. like the Jawas had, right? Yes. They basically are designed to interrupt electricity, right? And to, like, yes. mess with electrical systems. Like, paralyzes it, yeah. Okay. So I get that part. Um, my question is, how like okay so i'm assuming the technology is scalable but with the scale comes bigger power right and that's why like the ion cannons Mm -hmm. on hoth had to be so freaking big yes because they're like pointing them at ships which is harder to disrupt or like takes more Mm -hmm. power to disrupt than like a droid yes (laughs) you can hold that in your hand um but 
if the engines, like if all of the engines on Star Wars need like ion technology as well, were those two things developed alongside each other or does it just happen that they both involve ions? I think it just happens that they both involve ions. Mm. And I think that in all honesty, George Lucas was probably like, <laughs> what could we call this? That would sound really cool and, and futury and, and futury. <laughs> Let's call them ion cannons. <laughs> Got it. Um, and then I think later on, someone else probably came along and was like, "Here, let me explain to you how the engine on the Millennium Falcon works." Mm. And then they also picked ion technology or something like that. Got it. Because I think the vibe that I've always gotten is George Lucas <laughs> kind of threw out some ideas and didn't like get the full backstory because he didn't think it was going to be the thing that it is. Yeah. So he was like, yeah, ion cannons, That's that'll work. <laughs> so probably developed alongside each other, but like one disrupts the other, mm-hmm. like on a science-y level that I don't understand, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Hmm. No, I mean, I don't know. I just, again, like fresh eyes coming yeah. to this with like, a, I see it in one place and then I see it somewhere else and then I see it show up again and then it shows up again and I'm kind of like, wait. Are all these things related? Is this like just how the universe functions? Again, I'm not a scientist, (laughs) but like aren't there different kinds of ions? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. So maybe like one ion hates the other ion and they like can't be buds. I don't know. I don't know. I have have questions. I want to see like the physics, like the particle physics that come (laughs) which I'm sure people on the internet have done. Draw me a picture. Because, like, that's the only way I'm going to get it. But, yeah. Hmm. I don't know. It seems like they were they liked that word. They're like, oh, that sounds science-y. Let's just yeah. put it in a lot of places. Sure. <laughs> I think that's probably what happened. Yeah, that's probably um, what happened. But that's about all I know about ion cannons. So do you know more than me? I do. So oh, it, is, it is scalable. <laughs> so, like, yeah, the Jawas carry around their little clicky ion, mm-hmm. ion blasters to temporarily, temporarily paralyze droids. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they can, you know, hawk them to people and stuff like that. Um, but if you scale it up, you can take out ships. But it doesn't actually damage a ship. Mm. All it does is it shorts out their electricity and you can't do anything. Also, um, ion cannons are capable of dismantling deflector shields. So you... Oh. So if you shoot... So like in Empire Strikes Back... The reason the rebels shoot multiple times to clear mm-hmm. the path is if you hit the ship one time, it dismantles the deflector shield. If you hit it again, then it shorts out all their systems. Mm-hmm. And it also opens them up to attack. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't actually like put a hole in your ship or anything like that. It just shorts everything out. And then like an X-Wing fighter can come in and shoot lasers at you. Oh, so it require it to actually blow up. A ship, then mm-hmm. you would need more than one type of weapon. Yes, you would. That's need, why, like, yeah. When they're like escaping, mm-hmm. like example, the Millennium Falcon takes multiple hits and they don't blow up, right? Well, it's because they have deflector shields. Oh, so it, the damage is lessened. But if you hit them with an ion cannon or whatever would be appropriate for that size of ship, it would dismantle their deflector shields, and then you can hit them with lasers, and they're going to take more damage. Oh. So it's worth it to have multiple types of weaponry, like, within your arsenal. Yeah. So that you can, like, do the maximum amount of 
damage damage mm-hmm. depending on what you actually want to do to that thing exactly right like jawas aren't trying to blow up droids they're trying mm-hmm. to sell them yeah so uh-huh. you don't want to like put damage on the droids you just want to like like when they hit r2 with it he just kind of like freezes up and falls mm-hmm. over so it's kind of like petrificus totalis <laughs> See okay I that there? i understand see see that right. i understand that makes a lot more sense thank you yeah so much more sense no problem yeah they're effectively like stunners mm. so um let's i'm just reading through my like massive amount of notes because i didn't highlight anything <laughs> dummy oh and then i was like oh will this ever be real probably not hmm. um because ions can't be concentrated in that way yeah. from what i was reading um, so it wouldn't be very effective. Also, we don't actually know that ions short out electricity like that. Sure. As far as I know. But there are like EMPs, which are mm-hmm. real. That's actually a thing. Yes. And they do shut down technology. Yes. Like you can push an ion or a, <laughs> you can push an EMP <laughs> pulse and like disable like rocket systems. Yeah. Or, like, you know, disable electronic tanks. Like, you can totally short out the system and basically, like, kill the electricity that it runs on. So, similar to something that we have now, Mm -hmm. but not based on the same technology, I don't think, as far as I know. It just sounded (laughs) cool. Ion cannons. Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with it? Well, and, you know, Um, in the 70s, we didn't have those things, so... Yeah, and also the reason they wanted to stun that fleet was because they didn't have enough firepower to take out a Star Destroyer. So, uh-huh. But if you stun them, they can't attack you. Sure, so. so it's like neutralizing them. Even if you can't destroy them, you can at least It enables stop you to it. escape. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Those poor rebels. They just didn't yeah. have as much stuff, but what they had, they used But well. they had pluck. They had pluck, and they were using <laughs> their resources very well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's good. Yeah, and then kind of going along the lines with ships, I picked hyperdrive. Okay, let's talk about hyperdrive a little bit, because I'm not convinced I totally understand it. <laughs> I don't totally understand it either. I'm one of those people, like, I'm here for the the story and uh-huh. the plot and i like to read about things that kind of delve in deeper but i'm not going to pretend that i understand half of what i'm saying right now <laughs> ions that's like a thing in the air right like i am so sorry if you're a science nerd and you're listening to this right now and we're like yeah i don't know that's probably like a thing right like if you're a science nerd and you're listening and shaking your head and pounding your fists in anger right now tweet us and teach us yeah if you know of like a dumbed down youtube video we can watch or something that would be really helpful we're going again off what apologies we <laughs> we're going off what we know here yeah email us at <laughs> ladiesofnerditude at gmail.com tell us why we're wrong anyway uh hyperdrive is what enables them to travel through hyperspace to get across the galaxy yes, quicker faster so that you don't have to watch like 45 minutes of the movie of them just like cruising through space <laughs> super slow in pursuit the whole time yes so. so from what i understand about hyperdrive and hyperspace and you know a lot more about this than me mm. it's like it's a different place than regular space yeah kind of like you jump into it and then you like jump back out of it yeah okay so i get that part mm-hmm 
So do you need, like, obviously they can also travel at near light speed, right? We know that from the engine. It is light speed. It is light speed. Okay. So you jump into hyperspace and then you travel at light speed through hyperspace and then jump back out. Is that that right? That is my understanding. Okay. I wasn't sure if I was understanding. I don't think it's like, I don't think hyperspace is like an alternate dimension or anything Mm -hmm. like that, but you're traveling in a different space than ships that are just cruising around. Okay. So if you... But you could run into them, theoretically. So it shares the same space, like physical space. Yes. But you're in a different state, if you will. You know, it's kind of like Doctor Strange. That's what I think it is. You (laughs) know how they're like in the city, but they're not in the city? Yes. I would kind of say maybe it's like that. Got it. Okay. No, that makes sense. Spoilers for Doctor Strange, by the way. (laughs) Sorry. Actually, it's probably not even a spoiler. Anyway. Um, no, that makes more sense to me because I was kind of like, okay, is it a different place? Is it the same place? I'm a little bit like confused, but it's like being in a different state within mm-hmm. the same space. Yeah. And that allows you to like travel really fast, but you can still bang into stuff that exists when you're not in hyperspace. Yes, because quote Han Solo. Okay. Um, without precise calculations, we could fly right through a star or bounce too close to a supernova, and that'd end your trip real quick, wouldn't it? Huh. So you are still traveling within the space that other things can occupy. So you, before you jump into hyperspace, you have to have your computer calculate, is there a star in the way? Is there a planet? Do we, you know, are we going to be too close to something and it's going to burn us up? Hmm. Stuff like that. Does gravity affect you when you're in hyperspace? Do you mean like does it still work? Like if you pass too close to a planet, could you get like sucked into the orbit of that planet and like I sucked think so. out of hyperspace? I think so. Ooh, that would suck. Yeah. So that's why you got to like follow the instructions. Hmm. Follow your Google Maps. Yeah. Let your computer, let your phone, your GPS. Exactly. Make sure there's you. no construction. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Um. And then let's see. So this type of travel is referred to in most sci-fi shows uh, through various names and methods, but for now we're we're basically just talking about how it f- affects the Millennium Falcon mm-hmm. because that is the ship we encounter the most sure. that uses it. Star destroyers and things like that can use it, but smaller ships can't. Like TIE fighters don't have that ability because they don't have mm, the mojo, I guess you would mm. call it. Um, so were they not built with hyperdrives? No. Ah. So TIE fighters are short-range fighters, and they also don't have uh, deflector shields at all. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah, TIE fighters are like you hit them once and they're going to explode. Like, because... Sidebar. um, (laughs) (laughs) Teach me, Jill. Teach me. I don't know. is that the Empire employs very good pilots. Uh Uh-huh. And in order to to fly a TIE fighter, Mm -hmm. you have to basically be an ace pilot so if you don't put deflector shields on a ship it makes your ship go faster oh because there's no drag there's no drag so you Uh. have these amazing pilots who are flying around because theoretically they don't need shields right because they're going to dodge everything Mm -hmm. um but this also makes tie fighters kind of weak in a lot of other ways so they don't have the ability to be very far away from the big ships Mm. and they don't have the ability to travel through hyperspace so usually when Han chooses to jump into hyperspace, 
he doesn't have pursuers after that point because he's traveling at a speed that their ships cannot attain. Got it. Okay, so it's like the escape hatch to like get out of a dicey situation because they're equipped with something that theoretically the things that are chasing them don't have. Yeah, or they move slower than he does because han <laughs> my favorite is you love han i sure do but he does a lot of really sketchy stuff um he has made alterations to his ship that enables it to travel at a higher speed of hyperspace oh. than even other ships so when i think it i think it's yeah a new hope when he says i made the kessel run in 12 parsecs uh-huh. First of all, parsecs <laughs> is a measurement of distance, so he's kind of just full of it in that scene because he's trying to show off. But yeah. his ship literally runs faster than other ships that go through hyperspace hmm. because he's made some illegal adjustments to it. Eh, and there's a war going on; no one's checking. And he's a smuggler; legal. he doesn't yeah. care. <laughs> so he is like way smarter than I think people give him credit for because like if you're making adjustments like that, you're not just like the guy who hangs out at the bar. Like yeah. you've got to be like, he also used to be an Imperial pilot. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Spoiler. I'm learning so much today. Well, there's, it's in the expanded universe. Oh, so I wouldn't know that. So you wouldn't know that. I so see. depending on how they decide to go in the Han Solo movie, there is a version in which, spoilers, <laughs> but there is a version in which he used to work for the Empire because mm-hmm. he wanted off of his home planet so bad, and he didn't realize that the Empire was bad. Mm-hmm. So he was a TIE fighter pilot. So he was that good. He's that good, uh. which that's a whole other thing. But um, <laughs> anyway, he left the Empire after he saw how they treated the Wookiees. Mm-hmm. This is how he met Chewie. Okay. And um, he peaced out, but he still has – that's why he also can outmaneuver them because he knows what maneuvers they make. Got it. So he's got, like, yeah. experience plus skill. Yeah, so he knows what their ships can do, and he knows they can't jump into hyperspace. Hmm. But he can. So that makes him a better criminal. <laughs> <laughs> the best criminal. The yeah. best criminal now that yeah. he's fighting again eventually like a resistance fighter because Mm -hmm. once he joins up with the resistance Mm -hmm. he now knows a lot of stuff about the other side yes which is going to be helpful Uh uh-huh interesting yeah didn't know there's so much depth here deep waters (laughs) anyway um uh so uh, basically what a hyperdrive is is it gives extra propulsion to a ship so that they can travel at the speed of light which is convenient for passengers and people watching the movie um and I, I had to kind of like reread this a couple of times. Um, and of course, I've lost my spot again because I'm the worst person in all the land. Oh, here we go. So what the hyperdrive needs to work is called a hyperdrive motivator. Okay. This is what gets damaged in The Empire Strikes Back, which is when they can't jump into hyperspace. So they go into that asteroid field. Oh. And Han goes and he's dodging all the asteroids but the tie fighters can't keep up with mm-hmm. him because he's just that good well yeah and he's got a bigger ship yeah well and his which ship makes is it easier right illegally modified i'm sure for things like a lot of things a lot of things so yeah. <laughs> um so anyway the the motivator gets damaged i don't think they ever state like how mm. but um, this is the part of the hyperdrive that allows the ship to maintain its mass and energy so that they don't disintegrate during travel sure And the way that I was reading about it online, and this is just me dumbing it down, but like, because that's the only way I'm going to explain it, 
it like it narrows the space in front of the ship and then it widens it after the ship passes mm-hmm. through it. So I think that when they say hyperspace, it's like kind of like the ship is doing a wibbly wobbly timey-wimey <laughs> kind of thing where it's like shrinking and getting bigger mm-hmm. alternately. It's like swimming weirdly through space. It's so, like it has the bubble. Yeah, so without the motivator, your ship will disintegrate. You're all going to die in a fiery explosion. Sure. So that's why they can't jump. Well, and as you approach light speed, matter starts to, like, spread apart. Like, it wants to spread apart. Yeah, and this keeps your ship together. Keeping everything together. Yeah. So, very important pieces. Yes. Don't touch that. (laughs) Yeah. I'm glad they realized that it was damaged before they tried to jump to hyperspace. Otherwise, boom, done. Well, yeah, that's why C-3PO is like, don't, don't Mm -hmm. do that. Please listen to me. That makes sense. Um, Yeah. For once, Goldenrod had some good <laughs> advice. Um, that was that actually is really important because I would imagine that would have ended the movie right that there. Would've, that would have ended your trip <laughs> real quick. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that I had was lightsabers. So, is there anything else you want to discuss before we get into lightsabers? Because oh, that's going to be like lightsabers. That's going to be like hardcore intense. Let me see if I had anything else on my little, my very short and sad list. It is well, not it's sad. <laughs> it is. So well sad list with your penmanship. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. Okay, so I wanted to ask one question about engines. Okay. Um, since we're talking about hyperdrive and hyperspace and stuff. So like the hyperspace and the hyperdrive, that helps you like travel at warp, if you will. Because I'm way more involved in Star Trek than Star Wars. Um, so that like helps you travel really fast. But there's obviously like an engine as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because like the TIE fighters and like the yes. smaller craft pod racers and stuff have engines. So from what I understand, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, I also learned something trivia that I'm going to share. In a moment. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so like your engine, most engines are powered by ion drives, right? Yes. Um, and it doesn't seem like there's a specification on what the fuel for the engine is. You know, I don't think that they have fuel. Okay. Because well, they, they have to have something that they fuse together, right? Because the engines are based on fusion. So, like, I question I mark, I don't know what the fuel is, but. You know what? <laughs> I don't know what the fuel is. I'm sure I'm sure that there is fuel now that I think about it. Because even in the movies, you watch them fueling up the X-Wings, yeah. I think. There's but something. I don't know with what. Yeah. The internet huh. tells me. Mm-hmm. That it could be a radioactive gas, which is what is thought to power the TIE fighters. Okay. And the AT-ATs are powered by deuterium, which is a heavy hydrogen. Okay. All right. That's, that's okay. what I learned See, from I, the internet. I didn't know that. Okay. That's what I learned from the internet. But I'm like, well, what fuels the Millennium Falcon? I don't know. Um, awesome. Awesomeness. <laughs> hair gel. A hair gel. Um, <laughs> yeah. But Wookie the hairballs. Right. <laughs> The um the piece of trivia that I knew, which you probably like know, this isn't even trivia if you're a Star okay. Wars person, but it was trivia to me because I didn't know. TIE stands for twin ion engine. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we go back to oh, it sounds really cool if you just throw ion in there. Uh, yeah. Didn't know so, that. That's a good question. I don't know what fuels the ships exactly. Um, again, I was so caught up in the awesomeness. I wasn't yeah. really thinking about the science of like, what is fueling that? Yeah. Um, but it has to be something that lasts a long time. Mm-hmm. 
Because yeah. like, you don't ever see them like, oh, my God, we're out of gas. Right. Like, oh, and then it just stops. Yeah. And like, <laughs> to be jumping through hyperspace and stuff, you would have mm-hmm. to definitely know that you had enough fuel. Yeah. Hmm. Well, some very, very friendly internet nerds taught me. Yeah. This is They actually like someone actually did the physics Gosh. of how the ion engines work. Theoretically, obviously, like we don't have that yeah. kind of fusion. But they said, whatever it is, it has to be high output, low input. So like you have to have a veritable, like there has to be some energy that's added from the fusion reaction. That means that you can start with a little bit of stuff and get a whole lot of energy. Okay. And that's how they can go so far and like so long and like use so much energy is because the fusion reaction is like it only takes a little bit to start it and then the output is like huge that's the dumbed down version of all the equations there were equations and, and oh dude greek no. letters and i got a little bit lost in the middle um but basically it like you fuse things together and it produces ion streams there's that word again um and then those ion streams are pushed through the engine to give it thrust that's as far as I understood that that's what, what that's how they worked. That's that's more than I knew. Yeah. Hey, I I did my homework. I, I was see like, that. I have questions. I want to know. And then they did this whole thing with like how Tie Fighters maneuver. They had like all of these charts and like graphs and stuff to show like how they can move around in space. And I was like, okay, that's advanced Star Wars science. Oh, yeah. Um, no, we're not, <laughs> I'm not advanced. That's more than I could understand, but it was very cool because now I feel like I have a new appreciation for yeah. when you see like a group of TIE fighters like maneuvering and how they all kind of fly mm-hmm. together and like how they dodge and stuff. I was like, wow, okay, it's more complicated because like you have to angle your thrusters in like different directions to move in different ways. Same with the pod racers. They have to like Oh, hell driving that thing. Right? Like how you kind of direct the flow of the ion stream to mm-hmm. move in different directions. Like the move backwards, move forwards. Yeah. So I was like, wow, okay, this really does matter. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Because I imagine it's very similar with like large planes, and like large rocket ships in real life. Like you still have the same idea, right? Same like thrusters on one side versus the other move you in different directions. And mm-hmm. I was... Like, wow, it's it's very interesting. Like, there's no wheel no. Like, that you just turn and it moves. Like, it's no. not that simple. So, yeah, very, very interesting. And I could see a lot of real science there, especially with, like, the whole thruster angles and stuff. That Yes. That's legit science there. Whether or not that became, like, part of the computer graphics and stuff is a different question. Mm-hmm. But... There's definitely legit science within the engines because they they did their homework. They did. And that's that was really cool to me. Like learning a little bit more about that makes it a little more real. Yeah. I liked that. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Good. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard. I'm going to go back and watch all the movies and try to like see the science now. Do it. <laughs> Just do it. But let's talk lightsabers. Let's. Because. Let's talk lightsabers <laughs> because this is going to be the thing that drowns us. Um, where to start? Let's see. Where would you like to start? Um, uh, oh, I made a note. Lightsabers are seen in every movie with the possible exception of Rogue One. We don't know if there's going to yeah. be any Jedi in that. 
Good question. We'll have to see. I know. By the time this episode airs, Rogue One will have been out. For like a day. For like a couple of days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, this recording ahead thing's throwing me (laughs) (laughs) off. But Um, right now, we don't know. I didn't see any in the trailer. No, well, because I was thinking about it, because at that point, the Jedi have been disbanded. Yes. Uh. And the only ones that are still around would be Ben, Kenobi, mm-hmm. Yoda. and Yoda. They are in hiding at that mm-hmm. point. So Rogue One is going to overlap with A New Hope because they're the people who steal the plans for the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Them and the Bothan spies. So we might not see any lightsabers in that movie, yeah. which would be kind of weird. I mean, we see well, Darth Vader. Darth, so yeah. I was going to say, if we do see any lightsabers, they would be dark side Sith sabers. And that would be it because they were the only ones allowed to use lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Right. Like within the empire, yeah. they're the only ones that use yeah. them. So unless Darth shows it up with his, cause I don't know if he's even going to use it, but could happen. Unless, Unless he shows up with his, we're, we might not see one, mm. which would be weird. Um, Maybe they got some secret Jedis that we'll learn existed. Maybe. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm having like a <laughs> hiccup or something. I was just so excited. <laughs> you got like that excitement for the new movie. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, oh, Rogue One. Um, so through Expanded Universe, we learned that lightsabers are powered by car- kyber crystals. Yes. Um, that Jedi's imbue with the Force. This crystal acts as a way to concentrate the Force into a beam of energy that arcs back on itself, which is why it isn't like a laser that just goes on and on. Oh. Um, basically, the only thing a lightsaber cannot damage is another lightsaber, for the most part. Yes. Unless you get super deep into Expanded Universe, that's a whole other thing. Yes, I was going to say, I read some, like, asterisk exceptions. Yeah, but they're very, it was a very short list. Yes. And an archaic list. Like, there was this one time that this happened, or, like, there's yeah. this one animal, but it's extinct, and, like... That kind of thing. <laughs> that exactly. kind of thing. So, for, for argument's sake, we're not... <laughs> they can't be broken by yeah. anything. Um, so, let's see. Um, I do have another quote. Okay. Because I'm that cool. And this is from <laughs> Jaden Core, who is a um, character within the video game okay. universe. And he's a Jedi. Um, crystal is not by itself the power source of the weapon. Like the force user, the crystal is attuned to the force. Without that attunement, the crystal is just a rock. And while a non-force user could probably ignite and wield a lightsaber, provided the crystal was properly attuned to the force, all that lightsaber would be for him is a shaft of superheated plasma. But for a Jedi, the lightsaber becomes more, is a manifestation of a Jedi's connection to the force. Oh... So that's why they called it like a civilized weapon and like a... Yes. I see. Okay. And we had this whole big conversation earlier about (laughs) some theories that I have, but I want you to think about who can pick up one and use it even though they're not a Jedi. (laughs) I'm just throwing that out there. You have a fandom and you I have a friggin' theory. Anyway. No. Should you want to know my theory, please send me a message on Twitter. Otherwise, we'll be here all day. It's a Um, good theory. I... I think so. It's convincing to me, but maybe that's not saying, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think that that's kind of interesting to know. Now, of course, this is from a video game verse, right. so we don't know if that's going to tie into the movie, but it's it's like religion and technology are kind of uniting here. Mm-hmm. 
or medical and technology if we're going to go with the midi-chlorian thing. You know, I think we can just put that on the shelf and say it's religion. Let's yeah, just call the, it this religion. This midi-chlorian thing, I don't even know. <laughs> it messes um, with everything, so let's just skip it. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that's what Jaden Core had to say, but then I was doing some more research. And so the resulting weapon is meant to reflect the personality of the user, enabling other Jedi to identify each other as well by their chosen class. Um, however, over time, the Jedi ceased the practice of identifying each other by class. That's Mm -hmm. why originally they used to have different colors of blades. Okay. I think I read something about that. Like the different colors used to signify different roles within like the Jedi. Within the order. Mm -hmm. But now that's not so much a thing anymore. Yeah. Because they all got destroyed. Exactly. But originally their colors were as follows. Blue was a guardian. Mm -hmm. Um, They favored physical action. Green was for counselors. They preferred mind over matter kind of thing. And yellow was for the sentinels. That was mm-hmm. balanced between physical and mind. Later, Jedis were able to create new colors like Mace Windu with his purple blade. Mm-hmm. Um, also seen in Expanded Universe, there is orange, gold, bronze, white, silver, and black, which is known as a dark saber. Mm. I actually learned that Samuel L. Jackson requested his lightsaber to be purple, which I did not know. Badass. Because he's like, I want to be different from everybody else. And also, I love purple. So, guys, give me a purple lightsaber. And that's what I would want. Dude, I want to be able to do that. Oh, my God. Can I request a pink lightsaber? I mean, would that be too close to red? I don't know. Now I have like Hmm. color anxiety. Yeah. See, (laughs) choose wisely. I know. That's why they have to meditate for so long mm-hmm. over their crystals. So It's true. Um, I also learned, which I did not know, mm-hmm. and I know you knew this, but I didn't know this. Mm-hmm. Um, Sith lightsabers mm-hmm. are synthetic crystals. Yes. They're not putting in the work, or they're putting in a different kind of work. Yes. Interesting. I did That's not know that. That's why they're red. Yeah, I didn't know that. And I also didn't know that you could put other stuff inside of a lightsaber to use to power it instead of a crystal, Mm -hmm. which I guess makes sense because the crystal itself is not the power source. Just a rock. Yeah. But like I'm interested to – like the idea that the force can be concentrated through other things like remains or like something like that would make a pretty funky lightsaber. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Have we actually seen that happen? Have Are you aware of any – I don't think in the movies. I think mm. everybody in the movies had crystals. Got it. So maybe that's like a game, book, expanded universe kind I'm of. I'm trying to think about, it's been a little while since I've read some of the expanded universe, but I know that there was somebody who had a really weird lightsaber, but I can't remember. It like it like curved. It wasn't a straight what? one. And I can't remember how they got him to do that. Interesting. Yeah, it was more like a katana looking thing. Hmm. I guess would be the right word there. Um, hmm. Well, and I know the dark saber was like is like shaped like a sword, right? Yes. It has like a point at the end, and it like looks like a sword instead of like a blade, the way the other yeah. lightsabers look. Mm-hmm. And then of course you have like the double saber, like Darth Maul had, mm-hmm. right? So there's like all different configurations that you can. Yeah, exactly. Make. I was gonna say tradition dictates a single bladed sword, but Jedi and Sith create their own weapons and are able to determine the shape, the length, and as well as the number of blades. Mm. See Darth Maul. Yeah. With his double-sided His, like, staff of whatever. (laughs) Staff of death. Um, 
it also that also this like kind of situation and questions about lightsabers also led me to researching Kylo Ren's saber. Yeah, because it was weird. I the first time I saw it, I was like, he's gonna burn all of his fingers off. Yeah, that's a and weird then I was like, one. Oh wait, that actually makes sense. It would actually protect your hands mm-hmm. from other sabers. Yes, which I guess he must have learned something from his relatives. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, true. He's like, no hand chopping off for me. Yeah, I'm keeping all my <laughs> limbs, damn it. But I learned that, and I'm totally going to butcher this, um, his crystal is actually cracked, the crystal that powers his lightsaber. Mm-hmm. So, like, cause, effect, I'm not sure which one came first, but those extra plasma vents on the sides actually help keep the crystal stable because it outputs too much energy because it's flawed. And that's also why it, like, sputters and, like, acts kind of weird. If – now, here's my question. Mm. If the the lightsaber is a reflection of yourself to mm-hmm. some extent, does that tell us something about his commitment to being a Sith? I think so because he would have a synthetic crystal. Mm-hmm. Why is it not perfect? Mm. So, yeah, I don't think that he is totally a Sith. Um, You're Han's kid. How can ooh spoilers? You're Han's kid. How can you say? I mean, he could be. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is, but I was thinking about Ray. Sorry. Um, (laughs) He could be. I don't know. Only we'd watch the movie and know. Um, I don't think he is fully a Sith because there are moments where you can see that he kind of doubts what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, however, as we discussed, did kill a whole mess of kids. Yeah, slight genocide of um, the Jedi, which Jedi, next generation of the Jedi, which is kind of bad. Kind of. That's um, sort of evil. But I think that his power, whether it is good or it is bad or it's somewhere in between, hasn't been fully harnessed. Mm. And I think... If you get really into the fandom, you find out, like, when you're a Jedi, you have to be concentrating on things, like, all the time. Otherwise, your lightsaber doesn't work or, like, whatever. So from the crackling blade and the imperfect crystal, I have to wonder, like, well, how dedicated are you, really, that you wouldn't take the time to properly build your damn lightsaber? Mm. Yeah. Well, and he was – what's the guy's name that's in charge of him? The guy who's the in big, charge of him. The, like, big Snoke? leader. Yeah, 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 that guy. Yeah. Um, Like, what was he teaching him? How, like, I... So... I find it kind of hard to believe mm. that Snoke would be so invested in Kylo Ren and yet not, like, make him do what he's supposed to do the right way. You know, I that's kind of weird to me. And the, it the jury's kind of out on who Snoke is, really. Hmm. Um, I think that he is the Sith Lord who taught the Emperor. Ooh. Um, because and if, I don't have my notes and stuff in front of me for that. But um, I if if memory serves, the Emperor at some point in the prequel trilogy said he learned from someone who said that he was immortal. But I killed him and I took his secrets. Oh, but if he was immortal, you can't really kill him. Mm. So I mean, Snoke is all like ghosty and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's possible he's the one who taught the emperor. Mm. 
That's interesting. So maybe he doesn't want Kylo Ren to be fully developed because he's easier to control. Oh, so if he makes him too powerful. That would be my guess. Hmm. That could have been what happened with the Emperor, right? You teach him a little too much. You make him a little too powerful. He goes off on his own. And now he's like saying that he killed you. And yeah, you got to kind of rein it back in, you know, yeah, rein it in. Rein it in. <laughs> shut it down. Like um, <laughs> you're still the one that's in charge. Yeah. So if your student gets a little too big for their britches, maybe you try it a little differently the next time. Yeah. So I'm going to guess maybe that has something to do with like the sporadic of the blade mm. i guess is that he might not be fully committed to what he's doing maybe there's a little too much light side in him could be <laughs> it could be um he's got the doubt well and when you change allegiances you change blades so mm. see anakin skywalker right so he would need so if he turns good He'll probably show up with a different lightsaber. He's going to show up with a different I mean, you can still use your other lightsaber, but, like, tradition dictates Mm. he would change to, like, a blue or a green or something like that. Anything but red. Yeah. Well, and I read on the internet that the Jedis, when they were fighting against the Sith, Mm -hmm. were able to, like, when they vanquished a Sith, they would be able to take the crystal and, like, clean it, like, Mm -hmm. cleanse it. Because it's just a centering, like, yeah. force. They could, like, clean it and reuse it in a new lightsaber. Yes. And then it would be a totally different color. And, like, because to- of the person meditating on it and the person, like, redeveloping it. Yes. Didn't know that before. But they- So could he theoretically use the same crystal? He could. And, like, redo what yeah, he, he did? Could- yeah, he could do that. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Because um, I... Uh, let me try to remember this. How did Anakin lose his blue one? Because the first one that he had was blue. I don't know. And then... <laughs> Let's say he dropped it in a large hole. I think... Was that when he got his arm cut off? I think that was when he got his arm cut off and he dropped his, his lightsaber and he built a new one and his new one was red. Mm. And then Luke gets the old blue one. Right. So would you... So that was him rebuilding with a new crystal. Yeah, but I think he was temporarily using someone else's because he didn't have the red one until Revenge of the Sith. Mm. Huh. Yeah, see, the prequel <laughs> ones I don't watch as much because they just don't do it for me mm-hmm. as much. Not it enough It seems Han. like a lot. Of, well, <laughs> yes. Too much but, Jar Jar, not enough Han. Ugh, all of the above. <laughs> but also just like from a – because I love stories so mm-hmm. much, I've – I felt like they didn't tell the story of Anakin very well. Mm. Okay. Overall. And, oh, that's right. I think he used Obi-Wan's for a little while. Hmm. Oh, did he? I think he did. Huh. Because Obi-Wan had a blue one, didn't he? I think so. Yeah, because Qui-Gon had a green one. Yeah, anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, what color is your lightsaber? That's where I was going um, with that. Okay, so you gave me a quiz to take. I did. And I got turquoise. Yeah. Which apparently there's only been one. Oh, that you're so fancy. Oh. <laughs> that we've seen at least. And yeah. it's like, uh, it was actually wielded and created by a girl. Yeah, it I was. I don't remember her name. Fail. Probably something crazy. Um, something crazy. With like a lot of vowels yeah, in it. With like a lot of words that I didn't understand. Oh, um, you printed <laughs> it out. You're so fancy. But yes, I printed it out. This is her. You can't see her, but that's her. Is that Mara Jade? And she, we- no, I don't know. 
I don't know, something with a D. Um, She forged two lightsabers, one of which was turquoise. The first one was like grayish white Uh because it wasn't very powerful because she like wasn't doing things the correct way. But the base of it is a tooth from a rancor. Mm. That's like the handle is made of that. I know. And then she like put the crystal inside of it. And this is like the second one was turquoise. But apparently they are meticulously crafted or calibrated more so than other lightsabers. And they can fail when they're put under too much pressure. But at the same time, they output more power than a standard lightsaber. So they're more powerful, but they're also more more delicate. And uh, they are more primal than the other form of lightsaber. So like they're a little bit of like an earlier form of a lightsaber. They're a little more sort of... uh, little more uh a little less refined so wait it it has more power but it's but it's easier to break yeah like that's odd more power but also less stability because it's i guess it's a little bit less contained and less controlled within the form like within the focus Mm -hmm. so it's like stronger with the force but less contained like a little more okay, a little more rogue, if you will. A little more, <laughs> a little more rogue, sure. And that's what I learned. But yeah, it was pretty cool. I took the quiz, and I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, <laughs> but there you go. What color was your lightsaber? Purple. Nice. Uh, yes, I usually get that. Um, sometimes I get orange, and I'm trying to remember. I'm tr- I'm looking up the little chart here. <laughs> Um, cause I didn't print mine out. <laughs> uh, so purple denotes moral ambiguity. Uh oh. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess that's good. Um, so, uh, who uses it? Jedi who use both light and dark side techniques with an aggressive style. Purple color may be interpreted as a mixture of blue, which is good, and red, which is evil. Ooh. Um, this is wielded by Mace Windu and Mara Jade Skywalker. Hmm. That's who I was thinking of, Mara cool. Jade. Uh, Luke's wife in the extended universe i see so it's a little more questioning a little more realist if you will yeah and then the orange one is negotiation jedi Mm. usually have this um this is also used by the sentinels who prefer stealth and ingenuity to combat cool wielded by someone named named yaddle i don't know who (laughs) that is but um yeah so i usually get purple or orange that's Um, neat yeah, I was talking about it with my boyfriend earlier, and he's like, you wouldn't be a Jedi, you'd be a Sith. And oh. I was like, wow, that's Now that's you know nice. how he feels. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell, I'm not evil. <laughs> and he's like, no, but you got a lot of rage. <laughs> like, hence the purple. And I was like, hence the purple. <laughs> I know when not to kill children, thank you. <laughs> that, the answer to that is always. Right. Yeah, always, always don't kill children. Generally a good, good... Uh, life lesson like a good i think thing so. to live by yeah just try not to kill children um i watched in from like a bringing it back raining it in <laughs> rain it in um i watched a really interesting video where mishu kaku who if you don't know him he's a very prominent physicist mm-hmm. talked about the feasibility of creating a lightsaber like how can you actually make one and he pretty much came to the conclusion that Theoretically, it's possible. 
there are issues. Yeah. Like, how do you stop the beam? Yeah, the you know? make it arc yeah, back. Like, yeah. how do you make it turn back on itself without, like, a mirror at the end or something to, like, end the beam? Um, he also talked about the issue of, like, if it's a light beam, light has no mass. Mm-hmm. So it would just pass through everything. So how do you turn it from, like, a beam of light into a plasma cutter, pretty much? Which is yeah. kind of how it acts. Sure. Right? Um, and then another problem that he saw was if if it is a plasma weapon, right, and it's not actually like a beam of light, but it's a beam of plasma, which is in universe what it says it is, mm-hmm. how do two of them touch each other and not cause a huge explosion? Uh, magic. <laughs> magic and science. Like <laughs> if they're light beams, they would just cross and like it would just kind of anything, like it would just stop it, right, if it's yeah. like a laser pointer. And if it's a plasma cutter and you put two plasma cutters together, it's sort of a Ghostbusters situation where you cross Don't the stream and an explosion occurs. So he had a lot of questions, but he did say towards the end that he thinks within five decades, we may have all of the technology that we need to create a legit lightsaber. Might not work the same way that they work in universe. Obviously, it wouldn't be powered by like a mystical crystal. <laughs> I don't know. You know, we he, haven't gotten there yet. Right. I don't know. In his opinion, it would require like <laughs> batteries and like a plasma generator and things like that, which would be very hard to fit into the handle of a sword that you could hold in your hand. You'd probably need like a proton pack. His theoretical <laughs> lightsaber actually looks a lot like the stuff from the Ghostbusters <laughs> movies. I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. I'm just picturing like race stance with a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. It's the best. Yeah. So a little bit of crossover for you there. But he did say that it was theoretically possible. And you told me about a group of scientists Uh, at Harvard. So I'm still trying to, like, source this correctly because it's from a 2013 article from Fox News. Okay. But – Never true. Never correct. No. Well, they didn't didn't cite their sources exactly. So I'm still trying to figure out, like, where this came from. But supposedly in 2013 at Harvard, someone figured out how to solidify light. So that it would have mass. So they said this could be the beginning of a lightsaber. Is it dangerous? That is the extent of my knowledge. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I have questions. Nobody died. So that's good. That's good. No one has turned into Doc Croc. So that's good. (laughs) Yet. Give them time. Yeah, no supervillains were spawned in the making of this solidified light, so supposedly should be fine. When everyone who's in the room has children with arms coming out of their foreheads, I mean, we'll know it wasn't fine. I mean, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But, no, I mean, I think I think the lightsaber is, we see them kind of similar things to them with, like, plasma cutters and even a flamethrower, kind of similar. Kind of. to uh, But, again, they take, like, so much more equipment and like so much more science to achieve what the religion slash midichlorine side of the lightsaber seems to be able to achieve. Like they need a lot more equipment mm-hmm. because they don't have the magical force to power things. So when you're talking about like a battery to that would need to be big enough to like run this thing for more than a couple seconds, not really something you can carry around with you. It's going to take a lot no. of equipment. Duracell is not right? prepared. <laughs> Duracell is not prepared. Um, now, if they come up with like f- 
fusion batteries or something like that where they can take the yeah right (laughs) exactly where they can like take the amount of energy that's needed to power this thing and like condense it down into something really compact and small it's possible true so not impossible very technically challenging right now just a ways off yeah it's like the way that i there's a lot more research that needs to go into it oh yeah before it can be a thing and then like how useful is it really like are people carving turkey hello (laughs) you want a lightsaber turkey carver dude (laughs) who doesn't cooks the turkey and it cuts it at the same time yeah dude happy thanksgiving (laughs) just saved you like 10 hours of prep work no i mean i think from what i learned life lessons (laughs) What I learned in what I learned from my project on Star Wars science is that the science might not be totally sound, right? The science may not be completely achievable, but if you were a kid in the 70s or you're a kid now and you're watching Star Wars, you get a whole lot of ideas for some really cool shit to build. So it is definitely, yeah, it's like inspiring and I think that's all it really needs to be. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, as much as the fictional science series that we're doing is, it's just like the power of imagination can inspire the power of science. Yeah. So that's fucking cool. Yeah. Like the imagination inspires the innovation. And mm-hmm. that's awesome. Like maybe we don't have a TARDIS, but there are people online or like a lightsaber or, you know, a hyperspace. What did you say? I don't know. I, I'm listening to you. What did I say? When did I say <laughs> a hyperspace? What did you call it? Oh, motivator. Motivator. Yes. Like maybe we don't have those things, and maybe they're not even technically scientifically possible the way that they exist. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean it's not going to make people say, "Hey, how would we build something like that?" Because that's really useful. Exactly. So. And instead, we get self-lacing shoes and hoverboards that explode. But, you know. <laughs> hey, the self-lacing shoes are cool. Um, that looks like all the time that we have for today. However, um, if you have science rage and you'd like to yell at us, or <laughs> you have questions, maybe you want us to help you look around, see if we can find the answers, things like that, just go ahead and tweet us. Or if there's some other aspect of fictional science that you would like us to talk about, Um, So far, we've done time travel and Star Wars technology. Mm -hmm. Um, Go ahead and let us know because I don't think we have one picked out for the next one yet. Nope. It's it's an open book right now. I want to do a paranormal one, but at some point. (laughs) But if anybody has any, any, anything that jumps out at them, just go ahead and let us know. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I think next week... Are we planning on doing our mid-season finale winter break episode? I think so. Since everything is going on break right now? Yeah, everything is on hiatus right now. Um, so, yeah, because we wanted to give everybody like a week so that they could all get caught mm-hmm. up so we can get caught up on the yes, shows. so this is your spoiler um, warning. Spoilers <laughs> for next time. We're going to talk about all the mid-season stuff mm-hmm. um i know i'm all caught up on supernatural and timeless yep i just caught up um, on shield so i'm totally caught up on that i think i have one more of shield stuff like that yeah and then uh, we can also talk about like yeah. stuff that's going to come back like mid-season stuff 
iZombie. iZombie yes. hasn't started yet. The magicians, things like that. So yes. that's going to be kind of the theme for our next episode. Um, specifics to follow as we develop the episode. But mm-hmm. if there's anything that you're watching that's on break right now that you think we might just have forgotten about but do watch. If you have feelings. <laughs> if you have feelings, opinions, and things like that, let us know via Twitter, via email, um, on our Facebook page. Like, we want you guys to be involved in the conversation. So, yeah, bring what you got. Cool. So, um, do you have any words of wisdom? I think, I mean, I gave my words of wisdom that, like, the imagination of sci-fi fuels (laughs) the innovation and the invention in real life, which I just think is really cool. So, if you have big dreams... Don't let science and technology hold you back. Don't let science hold you back. The science will catch up to you. (laughs) So go ahead and dream big. Cool. Awesome. Well, I guess that is it for this week. So until next time, may the force be with you. Oh, I love it. (laughs) May the force be with you.